Hello, welcome um, to the the is it the Fully Living Podcast? Welcome I to guess the, it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the Fully Living Podcast, uh, and I'm your I'm your I'm your host Rex. Uh, right now we have a we're gonna what do you want to call it like a like a short like a. Uh, yeah, a short, short will be fine, right? I don't know. What do you think uh, you call so, it? So my, my brother Idris here um, wanted to wanted to wanted to talk about the importance of salah and uh, the importance of understanding salah, right? Um, and and I and I think I think uh, it's good to we've like been good to this for a while. Remember? Yeah, we've been planning this for, for for a long time, but we never kind of got around to to start it, but. Ramadan is obviously the perfect time because, mm-hmm. like your brother, if you don't pray, if you don't pray while you're fasting, um, you know. Allah Yeah, exactly. You know, so <laughs> yeah. so so. I wanted to come and talk about um, the importance of salah, understanding what you're reading, even what you're saying in salah, uh, and I, I thought that was uh, super important. Just to just to know, like, what is what am I saying? What am I saying when I'm praying? Know why am I saying mm-hmm. the things that I'm saying, and uh, that's what that's what uh, Idris is here to, to talk about, man. Mashallah. <laughs> so yeah, man. Alhamdulillah, that Rex came to me like was it like a couple months ago? Yeah, so, yeah. We, we're, we're supposed we to literally start like, literally yeah. the, the week before uh, quarantine uh, started. Yeah, man. But Alhamdulillah, right? Allah gave us away now, so we can get this done, bismillah. So yeah, so I'm gonna just jump straight into it. Uh, so, in Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu and Astainuhu and Astafir, when I would be lay him in Shurud and Fusina, women say at Yamanina, may Yahdihila, Fulamu de Lala, women Yudlil, Fela Hadiella, why shall I Ilah Illah, Wahdu La Sharika, why shall I know Mohammed and Abduhu or a Sulu? Astafil Hadithi Kitabula, Heri Hadi Mohammed and Sallallahu Ali Wasallam. وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار نسأل الله تعالى العافية All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We praise Him, we seek His aid and we seek His forgiveness We seek refuge in Allah Azza wa Jal in the evil of our souls and the evil inclinations of our actions and whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides no one can misguide and whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows the light of guidance to and they choose a path other than it, then no one can guide that person. And I bear witness and I testify there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah Azza wa Jal. And I bear witness and I also testify that Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his last and final messenger. As it proceeds, the best speech, the most truthful speech is the speech of Allah Azza wa Jal. And the best guidance and the most Compact guidance is none other than the guidance of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And in every evil matter is an innovation, and every innovation leads to the hellfire. And <clears throat> we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala safety from that. So yeah, we were planning to do something like this, right? Just to bring people closer to um actions that bring you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? To have a better understanding of what what it, what it means to be a Muslim. And the best thing to talk about is none other than the prayer, the salah, right? Because that's something that was, that's something we do five times a day, 
the absolutely the most important thing that a person does is pray their daily salawat. Right, but before we go into all that, I just want to touch on a little bit about Ramadan itself, right? The the core essence of Ramadan. Why was Ramadan prescribed? And what is the purpose and the intent behind Ramadan? And we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu kutiba alaykum as-siyamu kama kutiba ala alladheena min qablikum la'allakum tattaqun. Right? Or you who believe, fasting was prescribed upon you as is prescribed upon those before you so that you may obtain mercy, so that you may obtain a taqwa. So you know fasting, the reason it's prescribed is for us to gain taqwa, piety, God consciousness, fearing Allah, whatever you want to call it, right? And we need to understand in order to gain something, you, you got to know what it, what it is, right? Um, and taqwa in the Arabic language, it is waqaya, uh, right? It is a barrier, right? So taqwa in essence is putting a barrier between you and the anger of Allah Azza wa Jal uh, by doing things, by, by following his commandments, right? And staying away from the things he prohibited. So that's the essence of taqwa. You put a barrier between you and the anger of Allah Azza wa Jal by doing what is what he ordered and staying away from what he prohibited. Right? So doing things that are halal, staying away from things that are haram, those that's called taqwa. Right? And uh, and one of the sahaba sahabi radiallahu an Abu Huraira radiallahu an uh, he put a beautiful example for this. Right? Uh, so a man came to Abu Huraira one day, radiallahu anhu, and asked him, Mal taqwa? He said, what's taqwa? And Abu Huraira being the great Sahabi that he is, he looked, at the, he looked at the man and he said, and he knew he had to explain in a way where this person will understand what taqwa means. And he said to him, have you ever taken a path full of thorn, uh, thorns? Right, a thorny path. And the man said, yes, of course. Right? So Abu Hurair asked him, what did he do? So Rex, or Zebra, if I ask you, right, to put in our, in our times, right? You, let's say it's raining, it's full of mud. The, the, like, the path you got across is full of mud and stuff. Like, yeah. what do you do? Uh... Naturally, I'll try my best to not uh, step in mud. Right? Yeah. So, I'm not trying to get my shoes dirty, to be honest. You feel me, right? Yeah. So it's like, you got to, you trying to, your shoes important to you. not trying to get your, your J's messed up. Not my, you know what I'm saying? Those foams. Yeah, I'm not trying to get my Air Forces, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, man. White <laughs> Air Forces, you definitely don't get no mud on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, so Abu Harir, the guy said, he asked, what do you do? And the man said, if I saw thorns, I would avoid them and pass over them and stop short of them. Yeah. Right? And Abu said, that's taqwa. Right? That, in essence, is taqwa. Like, stay, basically staying away from the things that might harm you? Yeah. Staying away from things that are haram, right? Mm-hmm. Trying your best to stay away. That you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be pleased if you do this. 
But if you, if you know you fall into this, you're, he's going to be displeased and he's going to be angry with you. So you're extra careful on the things you do. You always think about uh, the actions you're going to take, right? What steps, what measures are you going to take to make sure you're successful, right? Same way you walk through a, a thorny path. You got It doesn't matter how big the thorns are or how small the thorns are. If, if the thorn catches your clothes, no matter how big it is or how small it is, it's going to pull it off, right? It's yeah, sure not going to be the same. You're going to rip your shirt. Right. The one's going to get your shoes dirty. It doesn't matter what you do. doesn't matter how big it is, right? Nor how small, right? So yeah. that's why a poet came after, and he summed this up in a little poem, in a little poem right? And he says, he said, he said, leave, leave the sins, right? Small or big. That is taqwa. He said, and, and make yourself like a, a person walking through an, a land full of thorn, watching out for, for, for what he sees. Right? And at the end, the most important thing he said, he said, don't ever, don't ever look down on the small sin. For what are, what are mountains except small pebbles? That's some facts right there. That's on fire. We all look at that, how big the mountain is, right? And we see, oh, subhanAllah, this is the creation of Allah, right? The pillars of the earth. These huge mountains. But at the end of the month, all full of just, well, what could, mountains just full of small pebbles, right? So if you don't look at the small sins as a big one, you're eventually going to fall into a major sin, right? And then lo and behold, you have Mount Everest in front of you, right? So you always got to be mindful of that, right? And the best way to do that is to pray your prayers, your salah. Right, because the salah is a it's a kafara for your small sins, right? It's an expiation for your small sins, and and I I don't know for for me I don't maybe you guys could chime in and tell me what you think, uh, but why do you think prayer is such a like uh, something that we we don't really look at as a big deal, right? A lot of Muslims, a lot of in the West or in the Muslim lands don't pray, right? A lot of people think oh because you hear the adhan and oh there's all the Muslims there, these are Muslim country people pray. Well, not, hey, bro, I've seen people in my own two eyes that events going up, people praying salat, smoking a bogey from the masjid. Right? Uh, I think, like, uh, in the West, I feel like it's it's hard because, one, there's a lot of, like, societal societal pressures because, like, mm-hmm. I brought, my, I've been, t- there's times I've been in class and, like, Asr hit. And I'll be like, yo, I could go leave to go pray Asr, or I could just the, uh, the or I could just wait a couple, <laughs> like you know, wait two hours, wait till the class is done, and then go. You know, that yeah. be, uh, you know, to be very frank, that that happened to me yeah. before, just because I'm like, I, I don't even want to get up and and disturb the disturb the class, you know, um, mm. which is so crazy because because I'm at I feel like at that point you're just putting like what people think of you over your obligatory kind of um like what like like freaking like prayer you know which is kind of the most important thing in the 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 most important thing in a muslim person's like life Mm -hmm. everyday life 
pray. So he's saying a lot of people don't pray because it's societal pressure. Yeah, right? societal pressure. Mm-hmm. Also, like, fam, you know, a lot of people don't know why they're praying. They just kind of they just mm-hmm. kind of doing it because their parents told them, you know. Right. Okay. So they they have a lack of identity as a Muslim, right? They don't know what they're actually doing. Exactly. Okay. That's big. Yeah. Zibu, what do you think? Wallahi, like, things I understand how somebody can sort of look at that. Like, okay, for example, in the classroom, you don't want to disturb the class. So you decide, you know, I'm going to pull, you know, hold off on praying. And then, and like one thing leads to another. And next thing you know, the time of Salah is gone, you know? Mm. But at the same time, if a person has, like if, if a Salah is, is a staple in a person's life, if it's mm. a, a pillar of their life, right? You, they'll look at this like, this is something that I cannot give up. This is something that I can't neglect. So that mm-hmm. sort of 10 minutes that I'm leaving the class, that disturbance doesn't weigh as heavy as it would for a person who doesn't see it as a staple in their life. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's sort of like mm-hmm. a balancing act. What, how, how much importance does it have in your life? Mm-hmm. Ozzy, I see you. You want to chime in? Hey. <laughs> the, question, the question was, uh, like, why don't you take, like... No, why in general? Why is Salah not something like, that's not a staple in majority of uh, Muslim people, like in Muslim people's lives, I mean, I think there's many reasons. I think one of them is like if it's not instilled in you when you're young, you know, like if mm-hmm. if if the the act of ibadah and like just worshiping Allah is not something that's a focus for you as a child, yeah, it's it's kind of tough to kindle it when you're older, man. When you when you've kind of invested yourself exactly. in other things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like now you want to like now you're figuring out how to fit salah into your life as opposed to yeah life about salah you know it's kind of different mindset you know so mm-hmm. it, it goes back to like what zibo was saying like how important you feel like it is if it's something important wallahi like whatever you find important you're going to find a way to do it in your life it just is what it 100%. is 100 you know and 100%. if you just don't yeah if you don't feel it's important mm-hmm. i'm gonna do it fam. <laughs> you know you're just not gonna do it mm-hmm. i feel like as 100%. well um your your sins affect you mm-hmm. you know so for example a person could be praying five times a day, praying all of their sunnahs and, you know, be on point with their salah. Mm-hmm. And then their sins start piling up and it leads them to a place where they're now leaving off the salah. Yeah. Right? And, and it's never like one day I'm praying and one day I'm not. You know, it's sort of like, um, it's very subtle. The changes are yeah. subtle. It, it's crazy. It you know, like there, there, there was an uncle in the message, you know, he said to me, he's like, yo, what? make sure you pray your sunnah. Don't forget. He's like, don't forget the obligatory basic. Make sure you pray your sunnah. Yeah. Don't forget it. I said, like, why, why, like, why are you so adamant about that? He's like, because if you're praying your sunnah, then for sure you're praying your obligatory, you know? <laughs> 100%. That's real life. Yeah, right? he said that to me. He's like, if you're praying your sunnah and you're good with your sunnah, that means your obligatory is good. So you're good. But he's like, if, you, if your sunnah is shaky, the next thing to come is, is your obligatory, the next thing to go, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, that's, oh. that's even what the scholars say, right? It's like, if you're a person that you, you have to have uh, a salawat, right? Like, you preserve your prayers. Make sure you do extra prayers because there's times your iman goes up and your iman comes down, right? So when your iman's are down, when your iman is down, of course you're not gonna abandon the obligatory prayer, but you might. You know what? I'm not gonna pray my uh, my nawafil today, or like you just feel like, oh, you know what? Like I'm tired. I don't want to pray my the turakat after maghrib. Yeah, yeah. But of course you're gonna end up praying maghrib. But the same like you're saying, Ali, you're never gonna leave that. Obligatory your your minimum is a lot. Is your minimum is a lot higher? Yeah. Right. Far. And then I'll. It's not, and your minimum is, is obligatory, right? And I think a lot, like, I don't want to say a lot of people, but it's like 
we don't understand that things are obligatory, right? It's like, there's no option. It's not like, you know what? I want to do this. Or I want to do that. No, nah, it's, it's something you have to do. Muslim or Kafir, right? It's on the scholars. Even the Kafir, they have to pray. Right? It's not like accepted until they, that they're Muslim, but the obligatory action is it's, it's further on them. I never do that. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Right? And that being said, right? Um, and I think a lot of it goes back to as well, it's just having that connection with prayer because we don't really know what we're saying or we don't really feel that connection or we don't really have a strong Muslim identity. I know for myself, when I used to not pray back, and, like, you know, before I wasn't practicing and uh, whatever you want to call it, it's just because you know, I, didn't, I didn't have a sense of Islam in my life at all. Right? Uh, like, yeah, I'm Muslim by name, but like, that's all, right? If you ask me this, so yeah, bro, I didn't even know what shirk was. You know what I mean? So it's like, you ask me, I don't know. So I think the more, once I started learning about the deen itself and I started becoming more comfortable with my Muslim identity, then it's like salah became something really important to me, right? And that's what we want to get to. That's what we want to make out of this little short series is that we want to bring uh, a sense of connection, a sense of life in people's prayers by talking about, uh, it's not essence, it's not how to pray, Right, that's not our focus here. Uh, our focus is actually what you are saying in your prayer, right? When he says Subhanahu Rabbi Allah, Subhanahu Rabbi Allah, when you read the Fatiha, like what are you actually saying? What and what does that mean? And how does that apply to your life? And those are things we want to cover, inshallah, uh, through X amount of the podcast. What is it called? Podcast. Yeah. But yeah. So, so inshallah, that's something hopefully we'll find benefit in it. And so people could benefit from it, inshallah, and a lot uh, accepts it from us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and just to understand like the importance of something, you, you got to know what it is, right? And that's just today, just like an introduction about the salah itself, like, and like the virtues of it and uh, things, things of that sort, right? And salah itself, in the Arabic tongue, in the Arabic language, salah means uh, a dua, right? So this, when we first think we think about salah, is like, oh, the prayer, like, you know? Allahu Akbar and this is that no that's that's what it is but in the actual Arabic tongue it is um, dua right as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says khud min amwalihim sadaqatan tutahhiruhum wa tazakihim bima wa biha wa salli alayhim inna salatika sakanan lahum wallahu samin alim right he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says khud min amwalihim take from their um well, take from their wealth, I saw the charity. You talk about the zakat, right? Uh, by which you purify them, right? And cause them to increase. Here's not pray like salah, but make dua for them, right? Uh, indeed, your, your, your prayers for them. It's a reassurance, right? It's it's a, it's a form of tranquility uh, for them. In Allah Samin Alim, and Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, Allah Samin Alim, right? And Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is the is the all hearing, uh, the most knowledgeable, right? So salah, I mean dua, salah itself is dua. So why is it called salah now, though? I actually did. I actually didn't know that to be honest. Right? Yeah. So, so what do you think? Why do you think it's called salah now? Uh, I guess it's the to make to pray for like to ask your to ask Allah for for I guess forgiveness for you know things that you might you may want for mm-hmm. you know to be thankful. Um, 
I guess that I, I, I guess I have a like, I have a, a more of an understanding because instead of instead of you doing it like just to do it, you're doing it. You're doing it for you know like, like you know because the, there's there's the act of doing it like, like mm. go like literally the physical acts of doing it, but doing it for your own kind of personal benefit to yeah. you know like asking for for the things that you are i feel like people forget to do that you know mm-hmm. ask for like right. ask for the small things or be thankful mm-hmm. for the things that you have yeah, for sure that's an aspect of that as well right Zeebo, you want to say something? um that's that's because when you stand in front of allah and you're in your salah it, you're, you're making dua you're asking for something you know when you mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. like you're asking allah for guidance Okay, all right, that's aspect as well, right? So, Ozzy, you guys want to say it too? No, no, because I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm taking in the vibes right now. I love, it. I love it. <laughs> all right, say no more. So yeah, you guys are right. Right, the fact that you're asking Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for something in your salah, right? So that's an aspect about it. So it's called salah because it's full of dua, right? It's full of dua, and dua, as we know, there's two forms of dua. There's dua masala. And dua ibadah, right? So dua masala is what you guys are talking about, right? You ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for things, right? mustaqim, right? Or you're in your sujood, you're making dua, oh Allah forgive me. Or you're making dua for Allah protecting from the, the, the punishment of the grave. Those are dua masala, you're asking Allah for something. But all those other, other forms of dua, the other forms of adka that you're doing, subhanahu rabbil ala, subhanahu rabbil alaqeen, subhanakullahumma bihamdik, all this stuff, it's called dua al-ibadah. It's dua of worship. So salah is literally just, it's full of dua of worship and dua of asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the name became, because of everything that's for that, it became salah and now it's known as, uh, whenever the first thing pops in your mind about when you hear salah is that is the actual prayer that you're praying, right? So that's just a little bit of the origin of the name, right? And the same way like the masjid, it's called the masjid. Because it's a place where sujood is being done, right? And is yeah, that, so, so that does is, it also have a connection with Salli Ali Nabi? Okay, so the Salli Ali Nabi is the, the scholar has different opinions, right? In terms of like what does Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mean? What's the, what's the difference between the Salah, the Salah, and the and the, the Salam? It's two different things, right? Um, we we don't want to get into that all right now, but it's two okay, different okay, things, okay. right? So so this is the the praise of Allah, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and Nalalala, right? And the highest heavens with angels. Something they say, you know, is the mercy, but it just is like the scholars differ, though. Right? Uh, okay. So, and so so yeah. So that's what the reason why salah is because salah, right? And like you guys said, uh, the salah is like it should. The reason why is like he's saying people don't really pray because of like societal pressures and if once we understand that is a staple part of one's life and it's, it becomes the head of all our affairs, then salah should become something that is without a doubt something you don't think about doing, something that you're always going to be inclined to do, right? And that's what the Prophet Sallallahu told us in a hadith. He said, Rasul Amri al-Salah. Rasul, I would say, no, Rasul Amri al-Islam. He said the head of all affairs is Islam. 
the head of all matters is Islam. So if Islam is forefront in your life, is the most important thing that you have. Whatever decision you do, whatever thing you stay away from, wherever you go is based on Islam. What's the thing that holds it up? Uh, the salah. The salah. Right? And he said, it's pillar. It's pillar. So what's a building without a pillar? Rocks, cuz. <laughs> the building's gonna collapse. You feel me? Yeah. The building's gonna collapse. You don't have. There's nothing. There's. You can't have an upright structure. Anything you build without having pillars. So you can say, yeah, Islam and Muslim and this and that and X Y Z. But if you have no salah, what Islam do you really have? Right. That's something to really think about. And and we could talk about like the version. We could talk. We could just say like. You know how important Salah is? That every action that a Muslim was ordered to do, whether it's from the Quran or from the Sunnah, right, was commanded or, or made obligatory or recommended in this earth. Except Salah. Right? Except your prayer. Your prayer was made obligatory in the highest heavens. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from Mecca all the way to Jerusalem. From Jerusalem all the way to the highest level of Jannah to make the salah obligatory. Without having any, there's no waspah, there's no middle man, nothing. Jibril didn't come to, no, it's the Prophet and Allah directly. Allah spoke to the Prophet directly, uh, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to command his ummah, his nation, to pray salah. So think about that. Rabbil Alameen, your Lord. The one Allah, the, the crazy thing is, sorry to interrupt you, but, like it's crazy how the greatest act of ibadah and the most important act of ibadah and the most fundamental act of ibadah is the one that takes the least effort. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just five times a day. And it was made obligatory in the highest level of Jannah. Imagine that we all seek to go to Jannah. Right? We all rush into do things that go to Jannah. We all ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Jannah. But the thing that was made obligatory in Jannah, we leave behind. It, it, it doesn't make sense, right? And um, we got to understand that. Like, that's, a, that's something deep that's heavy. Everything is made obligatory on this earth except Salah. Right? And it's one of the greatest miracles of the Prophet wasallam. Right? And even, even, okay, put the Prophet aside. Prophet Musa alayhi salam. Right? When he went to uh, Atua, right? The mountain of Atua. Because he's seen the fire and he's telling the family, oh, you know, I'm going to go check it out. And then, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa directly. What do you say? When akhtartuka fastama' lina yuha. Right? I have chosen you. Right? As a prophet, as a messenger. So listen to what is revealed what is revealed to you. And what's the first thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says? 
إنني أنا الله لا إله إلا أنا فاعبدني واقم الصلاة لذكري He said indeed I am your Lord O Musa indeed I am your Lord There is no deity There is no God there's no, uh, there's no deity worthy of worship Except for me The first thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa was that At least he told him the importance of Singing him out for worship Right, not ascribing any partners with him, not associating any partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the second thing he mentioned it was and establish the prayer for my remembrance. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talked to Musa directly and he mentioned the salah. And he took and he took the Prophet from Mecca to Jerusalem, to the first heaven, to the second heaven, to the third heaven. From the fourth heaven to the fifth heaven to the sixth to the seventh till you met Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to a point where Jibril couldn't pass. And he went to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he and he established the and then he told the Prophet وسلم, that Ummah has to pray uh, the prayer. It shows you how big a thing, how big it is, how big it is it should be in your life. Right? It's not a joke. It's your your lifeline in in, in a sense, right? And the moment we understand that and the moment we realize and come to that realization that Salah is, has this extreme, this great, this sublime meaning in Islam, uh, it will help us understand why we should pray, right? And it will protect you from anything you're trying to do. And I understand people say, yo, but I'm not living a life that where Salah is something important to me. Like I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that. But Salah should, like those things should never ever keep you away from your prayer in your life, right? Doesn't matter if you saw drugs. Doesn't matter if you're on the block. Doesn't matter if you're seeing this person or that person, you're doing this or you're doing that. Those things should never ever come between your Salah. You know what I mean? And like I understand people say, yo, it's a ride. Like, hey man, nah bro, I can't be selling dope. I can't be doing this. And man, I can't be going there, this, this, that, 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 and praying salat. But like, it's like, no. Pray your salat. Eventually, it, as long as, eventually when you keep praying your salat, those things will become like a deterrent for you. Like, man, subhanAllah, I just pray dhuhr, man. You know what? But today, I'm just going to relax. I'm going to pray asr. I'm going to chill. I'm going to fall back. Then day by day, you're going to see yourself Becoming a better Muslim, becoming a better person, right? As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, in the salata tanha an al-fahshai wal munkar. Right? He says, indeed your prayer, your salah, in the, in pre, indeed your salah, right? The prayer prohibits from immorality and wrongdoing. So your salah eventually is going to push you away, right? And you have to remember, salah is full of dhikr, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says after, wala dhikrullahi akbar. And the remembrance of Allah is greater. So the remembrance of Allah is greater than the sins you do. Your salah is greater than the sins you do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is greater than the sins you do. So the salah should be a way for you to turn back to Allah. A way for us to turn back to Allah. It doesn't matter what you do. Right? I don't say, oh, people say, man, uh, especially maybe for sisters, right? Oh, uh, like maybe I don't wear the uh, proper hijab. I can't pray outside because I don't wear hijab. Carry, carry, carry in your bag, your purse. You're not moving like a hypocrite at all by praying salah, right? In fact, you're doing the exact opposite. What's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describe the hypocrite? The people in the lowest level of the hellfire. The people that hide their deeds. Right? The one that's faking the funk. 
like we say, what was the last said? Right? Indeed, the, the hypocrites think that they're deceiving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in fact, Allah is deceiving them. And when they, stand, when they stand for prayer, they stand lazy. They're lazy in their prayer. They're doing a fariyah. They're showing themselves to the people that they pray. And they don't remember Allah except a little. And this is the state of the, the hypocrite, the munafiq, the one who's in the darak al-asfar, the lowest level of the hellfire. And they pray. Regardless of not the prayer, except they stand in front of the people, they stand in front with the people and they pray the salah. Imagine the Muslims, the ones who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who believes in the, the truthfulness of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and they don't pray. It, it doesn't make sense. Right? And the people of Jahannam, right? when the people of Jannah ask each other, right? Uh, about the people of the hellfire, right? The mujrimin. Like, what do they say? And the heavens, the people of Jannah, they ask each other. About the, about the criminals, right? The criminals in, in the hellfire. The Sahab al Jahim, may Allah protect us. Right? What caused you to be in the Saqar? What caused you to be in the, in, in the hellfire? What's the first thing they say? Oh, we didn't do this. Oh, no, I used to take the, the money from the orphans. Nah, man, I used to smoke a, a blunt. The first thing they say is what? They say, we're not, we weren't from the people of prayer. We didn't pray salah. We're not from those who prayed. So don't ever think that, yo, um, my life, my style, my lifestyle is this, or my lifestyle is that, so I can't pray. No, salah, salah should... Nothing should come between you and your prayer. Nothing should come between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And once we understand that, we realize that salah holds a really important, um, is, is a really important pillar of our lives. And the Prophet sallallahu the last thing he advised, the last thing the Prophet sallallahu advised, when he's on his deathbed, right? What did he say? As-salah, as-salah. He said the prayer, the prayer, and whatever your right hand possesses. So the Prophet ﷺ, the one who went through all the troubles, right, to pass on the message of Islam, when it kind of finally came to an end, when, it was, when Islam it became complete, what do you advise the people? As-salah, as-salah. To the prayer, the prayer. Right? Showing how important it is to you, for us. And as long as you protect your salah in this life, you're going to be okay in the next life. Right? As the Prophet ﷺ tells us, right? He said, the first, the first of his action, which a servant will be, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold the servant accountable for on the day of judgment, is his prayer. Right? And if it's in order, then he has prospered and succeeded. If you keep your salah in order, not only are you going to be prosperous in this life, but you're going to be prosperous in the next life, right? So, you, okay, you see, all right, if your salah, and then he says the opposite. And if it's, and if it's uh, not good, right? Didn't keep it in check, right? And then he has failed and lost. 
right? So you're going to succeed in this life and in the hereafter, right? And another point to mention, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, right? قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Indeed, aflah, right? Fi'al madi, those who study Arabic, right? Is the past tense. So if you if you succeed in the past, no one's gonna take away from that success, right? So showing how 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 much of success the believers are. So indeed, the believers are successful. What's the first thing he says? Right? The ones who in the in their prayer they have khushua, right? They're, and what's the last thing ends after you stated all the, uh, the attributes of the successfulness of the believers? What's the last thing? He says, وَالَّذِينَ عَلَى سَلَوَاتِهِمْ And those who, upon their prayers, they're the يُحَافِذُون The, um, what's we're looking for? Uh, they're diligent in their prayers, or يُحَافِذُون They protect their prayers. So the first thing he mentions is that they have khushua in their prayer. And the last thing he mentions is that they protect their prayers. So it shows the importance there of the prayer, right? And we don't want to jump to the point we I feel like we understand how important the prayer is. And I just want to end with this, right? For those who don't pray, and Ramadan's a month that they're trying to get better as a Muslim, right? And the people that do pray, then inshallah, we're going to try our best to make sh- uh, this series really informative. And in fact, we're trying to bring you closer to Allah in terms of connecting where you're praying and what you're saying. And as... Uh, we all know we should follow the prophets, right? And uh, and this I'm just enough with this ayah here, where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Ulaik aladina an amallahu alaihim min nabiyina min duriyati adam." Right? In talk after the surah morning, Allah talks about the prophets, right? I was called from the kitab Ibrahim, Ismail, Idris, right? He talk about all the different prophets. He says those are the ones who Allah bestowed His favor upon, right? Bestowed His favor amongst the prophets from the descendants of Adam, right? Of the descendants of Adam. Uh, and those who we carried with Nuh, right? Ibrahim, Israel, and those and the descendants of Abraham and Israel, and those and those who we guided and we chose. So, was, so all the prophets, right? The people that we were commanded to follow. How's Allah describing? He says, "Ida tutna aliyim, rahmani." And whenever the verses of the most merciful were recited to them, they fell into prostration and, and weeping. So whenever they heard the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they used to fall into prostration and they used to cry. And these are the people who are commanded to follow, right? And what Allah say, the people after them. And then after them came successes who neglected their prayer and pursued their desires. So neglecting your prayer is going to make you fall into desires. But if you don't neglect your prayer, you're going to find a protection towards pushing away your desires, right? So Allah commands us on one end to follow the Prophet. And those who don't follow the Prophet, Allah describes that they used to neglect their prayer and they fall into desires. So if we are from the people of the prophets and we follow them, alayhi salatu wasalam, alayhi salatu wasalam, we're gonna, we're gonna, inshallah, obtain the, the, the jannah, right? But we follow the people that came after them. We're gonna, what does it say? They came after the successes and neglected the prayer and pursued the desires, and they're gonna meet evil. We're gonna be people that meet evil, right? But as long as we have life, 
in this dunya, as long as, the, as long as we're breathing and we don't, the door of Tawbah is always open, right? And Allah tells us right after, Illa man except those who repented. Except those who repent. Wa wa and believe and do righteousness. Those will enter, for those, they will enter the Jannah and they will not be wronged at all. I still don't think there's, oh man, I do this, I do that. Nah, just pray your salat. Inshallah, we're going to try our best to bring salat. Uh, we're going to try our best to bring this, the connection with salat back again, right? For myself, for everyone else. Inshallah, we find a benefit in this. We ask Allah SWT to accept it from us. If you guys want to chime in, uh, Rex, uh, Zebo, Ozzy, I'm done. I tap out. Right? <laughs> so whatever whatever I said that was good, it came from Allah SWT. And whatever, mm-hmm. uh, anything I said that was wrong or incorrect, it came from my, uh, my soul and from the shaitan. And I ask Allah SWT to protect us and to accept our fasting and all our good deeds and make us from those who pray, uh, those who are diligent in our salah. I, I think one 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 point that you that really that I think hit home f- for me was like it doesn't really matter what you're doing or what you're really into that you you know you still have to establish your your prayers it doesn't matter like if I'm on a blog if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm, if I'm I don't know going to a club whatever it doesn't like, matter no. it doesn't matter what I'm like as long as you you're still doing it eventually you're going to go away from from those kind of things which I, which I thought was mm-hmm. a really important point Mm-hmm. You know, one one thing that I got away from this is that everything, like any anytime you want to establish a habit, it requires discipline. You know, and a, and a wise man once tweeted, um, <laughs> "The best gift yeah. you can give yourself is discipline." Shout <laughs> out, yeah, right? Because that's honestly the best gift you can give yourself. The best mm-hmm. thing that you can do for yourself is establish those routines, and mm-hmm. the best routine to establish is the salah. Yes, right. right. It's and like, it's it's a gateway to establishing other things that maybe not even you know not related to the deen. But if you can establish five times a day, no matter what, this is what you're going to do, and you have that discipline, that discipline will you know seep into the rest of your life. It's true. Wallahi, hundred percent, right? And I forgot to mention as well is like when you pray salah seventeen times a day, you're asking Allah to guide you. And of course, when you get to the tafsir but you're asking Allah to guide you. So if you don't pray. What what guidance are you gonna get? Yeah, right? you're when depriving you don't yourself. From, you're, you're depriving yourself from this great thing, right? Ask Allah for guidance. I know, mm-hmm. and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala tells us, right, in the Hadith. Of course, when you get into this, that uh, uh, my this, my slave asked me for whatever my slave asked, you'll receive, right? Mm-hmm. This is between me and my slave, and whatever whatever my slave asks, you'll get. So you ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for guidance. You're gonna get your guidance, but if you don't ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for guidance, what guidance are you really gonna get, right? Next. But yeah, inshallah, man. Hopefully, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Bismillah, with another episode. So yeah, inshallah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Idris, for yeah, man, uh, for those kind of words. Huh? Thank you guys for your attempt to listening and uh, <laughs> for your wonderful feedback. You guys, let me know if there's things, anything I made mistake, mistakes on. But I think there's gonna be a curious cat, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So anything, anything that resonates with you, or any comments, or things you want to add yourself, right? This is not like a lecture, or this and that. It's interactive. We're all brothers and sisters trying. To I got, I got one closing remark. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, when Allah talks about like uh, the establishment of like wudu and stuff. Like I was just mm-hmm. listening to what you were talking about, Salah, and like the importance of like like how Allah valued it so much. That he brought the Prophet literally to the Sidr Muntah, like literally the tree. Yeah. 
just to tell him like above all the heavens just to tell him yo pray you know like here here's salat's prescribed for you like when you think Ooh. about that value it's like it's it, allah doesn't put that much care into something and want problems for it, you know like allah says in the quran like Ma you know like he doesn't want like hardship for you right but instead he actually wants to pure you like this is this is like it's supposed to be yeah it's supposed to be a purifying experience you know and it's like if, if we shouldn't go into salah thinking that okay i just got to get it over with and pray it and then i can go about my day again now like it should be something to kind of like take you out of what your mindset at the second at that time and connect back with allah and then go back to what you're doing afterwards you know and it really does change like the value of, of what you're about to embark on, which is like talking with Allah, you know? It's 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 a big thing. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah, what's a better place than Ramadan to try and change our ways, right? Yeah. And try to get a strong connection with Allah. And on, and on that note, we'll end it here. Again, and thank you, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.